Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hey guys, welcome back to We Met at Acme. I haven't done this in a while, but we're doing a full solo episode. So hopefully you guys get a lot out of this. I asked you to submit questions and you submitted a lot of really good ones. Like I have to think a lot about the answers to some of these, but they're really, really good. And so thank you for doing that. Before we get into all of your questions, I just want to give you a little update on wedding planning and all of that. It is still a struggle. We don't have a date. We barely ever hear back from the venue that we want. Like they respond to us once a month at this point. Like they're awful at responding, but we still really want them. It's kind of like, you know, they're playing hard to get and it's working. And it's just like, I I saw this reel that or TikTok that someone made, this comedian, and it's like the venue's like, oh, you want bathrooms? That's another $40,000. And it's so true. Like what they get away with in the wedding industry is wild. If you're still confused about what to do with your life in terms of a job, be in the wedding industry. Like I'm telling you, that is where the money is. I cannot even imagine how much everyone who's in this industry makes because what they get away with, it's it's literally murder. Like it is wild murder. It's impressive, honestly. Like I'm shook. And then like on the dress front, it's been rough. We've now been to a bunch of different ateliers. I don't even know what that word is or if that's really the word, but places where you try on wedding dresses. And it is so hard to figure out what dress I want. Like right now, I'm deciding between a more simple dress, a dress that is gorgeous, but many people have worn a similar one, and an over-the-top, like balls-to-the-wall once in a lifetime, like real gown princess vibe dress. And I don't know because I love everything. Like I am, I don't know if the worst customer or the best customer, but definitely the most confused customer because every single thing I have put on, I have loved. Like I'm annoying myself with this because it's just like, it's nonstop, like every single time over and over again, I'll go to a different place and I will love it. And it's really annoying. Like I'm getting annoyed with myself and this process. And like, it's hard because you want to ask your friend's opinion. You definitely want to ask your fiance's opinion, but you certainly can't do that. And 
you can't. Like if you start asking your friends' opinions and like they want to help, but everyone has different style. And like, even like my sister, like I love her to death, but like our styles are so different. I asked for her opinion on something that I really, really loved. And she was like, I don't think it's special. And like, I'm sure she came from a good place, but like, obviously that leads to a spiral because now I'm like, okay, this dress isn't special or is it not special to her because we have such a different style? You know, it's like, it's really hard and you just, you can't listen to anyone. Like you can't. That's the only way to live is to just try to get in touch with what you really feel. For me, like as a Libra, I don't know. Again, I love everything. And this is where like, I'm actually upset that I'm like this. Like, how will I ever choose? It sounds so cheesy. It sounds so stupid, but it feels like the hardest decision that I've ever had to make. And so I don't know, but we have an amazing live show coming up in the city at Caroline's on Broadway on October 24th, which is like a week from today, which is absolutely crazy. Like, how is that possible? Wait, is it a week? Yeah, it's a week from today. Holy shit. So that's going to be so much fun. And we'll talk all about the wedding stuff. Hopefully I'll have a dress by then, but who knows? And we're also going to go over your dating app profiles and we're going to let you submit yourself. So stay tuned to our Instagram for that. You can buy a ticket to that show. There's still a few available on my Instagram account at my link in bio. Okay. I can't talk about wedding stuff anymore. It's like honestly making me sick. But I will say like my mom and my mother-in-law-to-be are so sweet. They came with me wedding dress shopping and we all went to lunch and then we did the registry stuff. And I'm just very grateful to have them around me and in my life to guide me because I really have no idea what I'm doing. Also, like I keep trying to ask my fiance, like what kind of dress he would like. Like, I'm like, oh, like, are you more into like, like, what did you envision? Like, did you envision a simple dress? Did you envision this? And the reality is like, no one needs their fiance's opinion on their wedding dress. Like, obviously it has to be a surprise, of course, but like, I don't even need him to narrow it down because like, he doesn't know the difference between like white jeans and like blue jeans, you know? So like, why would he know the difference between the dresses? Like I, I was like complaining to our moms about how like, what if he wants this dress? And they're like, he still wears t-shirts from high school. Like who cares what he wants? And I was like, that's so true. Like boys are so, they don't matter. It's about you. Like it's your wedding. Obviously they matter. You want them to be happy, but you know, anyway, I'm going to answer your questions now. Someone asked how to move forward when you feel distance between you and your significant other. Both have been busy, but not intentional. Hmm. I feel like this needs to be addressed. Like the more, the longer you go without addressing the fact that you feel this distance, the bigger the distance and the elephant in the room is going to be. I think you make an active plan. Like for example, a dinner date, just the two of you or a night in to watch your favorite movie. And that's like when you address it, like you're just like, this is so nice because I felt like we have had distance from each other. And like, this is all I needed is just like this restart, refresh time to just know that like we both care. And like, I feel like because we both get so busy sometimes, like having this steady plan, maybe it's like a 
date night or just making sure that we check in with one another like every so often is really, really helpful. Because most of the time when we feel something on one side, they feel it too. Like if you feel like you're not sleeping with your significant other a lot, like you haven't been having sex recently, obviously they feel the same way. If you've been feeling like they've been acting weird, they probably know they've been acting weird. Only a partner who gaslights you will be like, what are you talking about? That's so crazy because two people are in a relationship and two people know what the other person is doing. It's the same thing when you're first dating and maybe it's not going to go somewhere and one person is pulling back and you're like, do you think like they're pulling back or do you think like I'm like, no, like they know they're pulling back. It's an active behavior. Like it is a conscious effort to pull back. And so just saying that to show you that like people know what they're doing on the other side. People feel the same feelings, but it just, it takes one person to vocalize it. And then the other person I'm sure will be relieved that you brought it up. What is a red flag versus normal as the honeymoon period comes to an end? (sighs) I think a red flag would be if you're fighting like all the time, like Obviously, a honeymoon period ends and then there's more serious stuff that happens. Like, for example, like you really know who each other is. And so like, you know everything about them and you're more likely to maybe be a little bit annoyed sometimes because you're not showing your best self all of the time. And that's fine. Like that's normal. But to fight all the time is not good. It's definitely a red flag when the honeymoon phase is ending. Um, Another thing that I would look out for is communication. Like if you are maybe arguing more or things like that and they're not being transparent or communicating like how they feel during those arguments, then that's going to get worse and worse. If they are almost like too comfortable that it's like offensive, you know? Like they never are jealous, but like in, you know, not saying that jealous is like being jealous is healthy, but like they're like, oh yeah, go, go, like do that, do that. Like they just like almost don't care. They're apathetic. I think that's a red flag. I think, you know, you can tell when someone's too comfortable. For me, it's like when they lose their manners in a past relationship, my significant other just like stopped saying thank you. Like I would do, I'd bring him his like favorite food or I would like open the door for him or little things. No, thank you. Like not not one thank you for this stuff. And I know it sounds silly, but like it just showed me that he was taking me for granted. And so like them getting too comfortable and taking you for granted, definitely, definitely a red flag. And you know, like sex is not going to be as common, of course but it shouldn't completely go away. You know, like it shouldn't completely go away. I think in your honeymoon period, like you don't see the red flags. So it's just because you're like, you know, love hormones, et cetera. So it's normal to think that a lot of things are red flags, like once the honeymoon period ends, but it's a transition. Like, things are not going to be as 
rose-colored glasses, but they also shouldn't just all of a sudden be bad. Like they should still be good. And I also think that it's so important that the honeymoon period lasts a long time. I've been in relationships where the honeymoon period was only like six months or less. And I feel like that's like a horrible red flag because the reality is that your honeymoon period should be like at least a year, if not more, because you should be like in a blissful state with this person, right? Like you have nothing to really fight about. You don't have kids. You're not married. There's no like legal things. There's no money things necessarily. And so if you're fighting before things actually get tough, what's it going to be like when you do have these like real issues, you know? So you need that strong foundation. That's why I think the honeymoon period should be long. Is it better to quote unquote fall in love or choose love? This is a really good question and I'm going to make it a poll too. I think it's better to fall in love, but I will say, and like, I know what you're thinking. Oh my God. She's like using, she's a cop out because she's saying both are true, but like you can fall in love and be choosing love at the same time. Meaning like falling in love with your eyes open, like knowing who you're falling in love with, but still falling. I think it's really important that you do make a conscious choice of a partner. For some reason, when I first read this question, I was like, is it better to fall in love, aka like go for someone out of your league kind of, or choose love, meaning like choose between the people who are into you, which sounds like you're settling, you know? For some reason, fall sounds like reach and choose sounds like settle. I don't know why. That's just how I read it. And I would say if that's the case, it's better to fall in love, but you also need to wake up and make a conscious choice to choose your partner every day. So I know that's not like the most matter of fact answer. If I had to choose one, I would say fall in love, but you have to be choosing them too. So start by falling in love and then end by choosing every day. Not saying that you fall out of love necessarily, but you wake up every day and you choose love with this person that you're with. How do you deal with a partner who tends to dismiss your problems with you'll be fine? Oh, I hate that so much. Part of the reason that I never really told... So I remember I went to couples therapy with an ex and we were talking to my therapist and they said to the therapist, I just feel like she never tells me when she's going through something or like has a problem. And I thought it was so interesting because I was thinking to myself, maybe that's true. Maybe I like self-soothe, you know, like I, I deal with my problem on my own. But why is that? And I realized that it must be because in the past, I dated someone who I would say my problems to and they would make me feel like a complainer or they would make me feel like, what's the big deal? And so as my relationships evolved, I just stopped complaining or saying my problems because I was like, maybe it makes me weak. Maybe it makes them not like me. The right partner. And so like my fiance, for example, anytime I have a problem and it could be the slightest thing. It could be like my friend DM'd me and gave me 
unwanted feedback on something I posted, like something so stupid, you know? And he always hears me. He's like, what? Like, did she actually, you know, like, what are you going to do? Like, are you going to say, are you going to tell her how she pissed you off? Or, you know, like he would never be like, you'll be fine. Like that is so dismissive. And I think that's a very poor communication skill because if it were reverse and he were complaining to you and you said to him, you'll be fine. Would he appreciate that? And that's what I would say to this person. I would say, Hey, would you want to hear you'll be fine when you tell me about your fight with your coworker at work? Like, is that what you want me to say back? Because if it's not, then I think we need to unpack why that's your response every time or maybe figure out a way to make me feel a little bit more heard when something is happening because right now I'm not feeling that way. And I, and I would suggest couples therapy. I don't know this couple situation, but it never hurts. Someone asked, how have your finances changed since meeting Stephen? Parenthesis 401k comma investing. This is such a good question. Before I met Stephen or started dating Stephen rather, I did not have a good hold on my finances. I didn't invest at all. Like I just didn't know what I was doing. My money was just sitting in a savings account, but there was no like interest happening. Like nothing was going up. It was just like sitting there. And I know this is so embarrassing, but like I I barely had a credit card. Like I was charging things to a debit card. Like I had no idea what I was doing. 401k is something that I never experienced. So Steven has it at his company, but or or has it, I don't even know. He has it for some reason. I don't have a 401k. Like I work for myself and I have for a while. So that's just not something that I experience personally, but he does, which is great because we're getting married. But the investing thing, like I did not know what I was doing. And it's really crazy because a lot, I feel like a lot of women and like it's mostly women who listen to this podcast, like, and I'm not saying this is like a sexist term. It's just a fact, like at least for me, like growing up, nobody told me how to like grow my money and like make it into something else and invest it. And, you know, as they say, like, have your money work for you. And it's so crazy because like decades of data show that basically investors that trade individual stocks like underperform the market every year, but only 1% of day traders like beat the market. So I know you're like, what the hell does that mean? But the odds are basically not in your favor if you do it alone. So like if you team up with someone like Wealthfront, for example, who is an amazing sponsor of the podcast, like they make it easy for you because investing can be really complicated. Like whether you're a beginner or if you've been investing for years, they actually have like all the right tools for every portfolio. They can create a portfolio for you. I didn't even know, by the way, what a portfolio was, but it's basically like what everything that you invest in. So they can create a portfolio of globally diversified, low cost index funds personalized just for you. So I also didn't know what this was, but apparently, and like I'm not one to give 
investing advice I just started, but low cost index funds are what you should be investing in. We actually had Mrs. Dow Jones on the podcast and she explained that. So listen to her episode if you want to know a little bit about finance. But you don't have to manually trade with Wealthfront. There's no picking stocks or watching the stock market every day, which is a terrible habit. I invest my money and I never look at the stock market. Like never, 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 because it's always going up and down. Like there's no reason to. And Wealthfront is actually trusted with over $20 billion of assets. And you can get your first $5,000 managed for free by going to wealthfront.com slash Acme. So if you have... $5,000 or more saved, the best thing that you can do, I think, is invest it. Again, like I'm not a professional, but this is from my own experience. And you can get your first $5,000 managed for free for life if you go to wealthfront.com slash Acme. That's W-E-A-L-T-H-F-R-O-N-T.com slash Acme to start growing your savings. Go to wealthfront.com slash Acme and get started today. One of you asked, what is the worst rejection I've faced and how I moved past it? I have to say, I've faced a lot of rejection in my life. Like I have so many people that I know who would never admit to being rejected. It's like this weird ego thing that they always spin it. Like even when I know for sure that they were rejected, like they always spin it in their favor. And I know it's a pride thing and I've been guilty of that. Don't get me wrong. But I am here telling you that I've been fucking rejected and it sucks. And there's so many different times to be honest with you, because like when you put yourself out there, you get rejected. But the one that stands out was when I was dating someone. I've talked about this on the podcast before. I was dating someone and I was still living at home with my parents post-college and he was older and had his own apartment and like a job And because I was living at home, I was just a lot more needy than I would have liked to have been. And even though I was needy, the relationship seemed like it was progressing. Like I was invited to a very big family event of his and introduced to the family, introduced to his friends, like hung out all the time and slept over a ton. And then there was no official title, which obviously now looking back, like that was the red flag that I should have paid attention to, but I didn't. And so there was no official title, but I wasn't dating anyone else. And I thought that he wasn't either because we spent so much time together. Like we always talked. And then he goes to Miami one weekend with his friends and it's almost like radio silence. And I don't reach out because you know me, like I like to let the guy initiate. Even even back then when I was breaking a million other rules, I still wouldn't initiate. But I knowing like when a guy goes to Miami with his friends for a weekend and doesn't text you, like, girl, it's over. Like there's no analysis of this other than the fact that he doesn't like you anymore. He's not into you or he's seeing some other girl or maybe he's even at a strip club. Like, I don't know. All I can tell you listening, if you're in this situation, is that run. So I didn't understand that because I'm 23 at the time and Vine was a big thing. So think like TikTok, but worse and three second videos. Okay. And all these friends like post these three second videos all the time and a friend. And so like while I'm being ghosted by this guy that I thought was about to be my boyfriend, 
I see this video of him grinding with another girl at a club. And like, we kind of knew the girl. She was like an intern for one of my friends. And I'm so mortified. I'm like, holy shit. Like I literally am sitting here thinking that this guy is all about me, even though he's ghosting me right now. This is horrible. And so the weekend ends and he comes back and we're like G-chatting, which was, you know, a really big thing back then. I feel like G-chat isn't a thing anymore. Like it's, it's just not, but it was how people communicated when they were at work with their friends it's kind of sad that it's not a thing anymore, but it was like a big thing if you remember it. And I feel like now it's on Slack, but like you can only really communicate with people at work. So it's just like not as fun, but whatever. Gchat was a thing and we were Gchatting. And I remembered like I was so mortified and so it was so clear to me that he wasn't into me that I was like, hey, like, this isn't working for me anymore. Like, I think, like, we should be friends. Like, so, like, I, like, prematurely ended it with him because I was so, like, hurt and, like, felt so rejected. And I remember him kind of acting like he was sad for a second, but it was, like, clearly mutual. And then... I felt bad because you know when like you're breaking up with someone but it's not mutual but then they say it's mutual and you're like okay well now I guess I have to pretend it's mutual. Terrible. Anyway, he ended up immediately dating this girl after. She like goes on this family vacation that he had like loosely invited me on. And I was just, I just felt so shitty about myself. And then I was fired like a week later. It was just not my week. Like the nobody likes you when you're 23 thing is just so true. I was just like, this sucks. And that was probably my worst rejection. But that was when like between being fired, be feeling needy, living at home and this rejection, I was like, this is how I know that I need therapy. And at the time, like I didn't have the resources that you guys now have to be able to talk to a therapist. Like I didn't have talk space. And it's so crazy because I didn't know that I was like in a depression, like at a rock bottom. I knew that there was something wrong with me. And I I remember at the time, like I had no control over my life. So I tried to control other things. And like there was a moment where like I tried to control my eating and like just like really bad things. And like I was still smoking weed all the time. And it was just a really dark moment. And I started seeing a therapist and like my life truly changed, truly changed. And I thought about going on antidepressants and she had prescribed them for me. But then I was like, you know what? I'm going to try CBT therapy, which is cognitive behavioral therapy. And it really, really, truly changed my life. So I have to tell you, like not only is Talkspace a partner of the podcast, but they're such a big part of why I do this and why I have a therapist resource list on my website because Talkspace Online Therapy, like it can help you get out of a depression. It can help you manage stress, process significant life changes. Like if you lose a loved one, um, if you get fired, if you go through a breakup and you can feel so much less overwhelmed and more in control. We actually did a bonus episode with an amazing therapist, Dr. Megan Rice from Talkspace. And it came out on Wednesday. So if you missed it, definitely check it out. I mean, you can use... 
talk space for couples therapy. You can talk about your frustration with your friends, with your family, with your partners. I went into better my relationship with my mom, with my sister, you know, with my friends. I kind of felt like I didn't know I was the problem. I was like, everyone's fighting. I'm fighting with all my friends. Like it's them, it's them. I was the problem. And I didn't know I didn't have that self-awareness because I hadn't gone to therapy. And Talkspace connects you to a licensed professional to help you work through it like right away, which is so great. And so, you know, you can talk to them through the week via the app. And then you can do like a video call at the end of the week, whatever you have time for. And also like the holidays are coming up. There's so much pressure between like drinking and family stuff. If you don't have a therapist, like I don't know how you're going to get through the holidays. I don't know how I would get through the holidays without a therapist. I'm telling you. So start feeling better with a single message. If you need a little bit of support, do not feel any type of way about it. Therapy is so normal. Like we all deal with anxiety. We all deal with this. And you can start building towards a better upcoming year because Talkspace is really here to help. You can match with a licensed therapist when you go to Talkspace.com and you're going to get $100 off your first month with promo code ACME. That's how badly I want you guys to go to therapy. Like there's no bad part of it. You will get $100 off when you use code ACME at Talkspace.com. Seriously, give it a try. If you hate it, you don't have to continue. But you're going to get $100 off when you use code ACME at Talkspace.com. So it's at least worth the try. Friends not liking your significant other slash friend jealousy issues. So what I'll say is that friend jealousy issues are real. And it's very hard not to be comparative. And we talk about this in our episode with Tinks, which you should absolutely listen to. It's very hard not to be comparative. But I will say, if your friends don't like your significant other... Why? Try to pay attention to the why. I am saying this because my friends have only disliked my significant other when there was a reason to. And maybe this is just my particular friends. And don't get me wrong, there are some friends out there who genuinely don't want you to be happy and they shouldn't be your friend. And maybe that's why they don't like your significant other. But If I don't like one of my friend's significant others and vice versa, there is always a reason. So try, I know it's hard and you feel like you're being personally attacked, but try to walk out of the bubble that is your love for this person and think about why they could possibly not, what's not to like. What is unlikable about this person? And if you dare to, maybe find out. And if you are this friend who is not liking the significant other of your friend, try to be supportive. You know, don't make it so obvious and so clear that you don't like them. Like don't. But if they ask why you don't like them, or if it seems like there is an open window, like for example, I have a friend who I love to death And I don't like the behavior of her significant other sometimes, but I only say it when she notices it herself and she asks me for my opinion. And then I will say, you know what? 
I didn't like that. And I do think that you deserve better than to be treated that way. But when she doesn't ask me, I am supportive of her. I'm there commenting on her Instagrams with fire emojis. But you know what I'm saying? Like, so obviously be supportive of your friends. But if your friends for some reason don't like your significant other and you notice it, look into why. Because I have personally never disliked a friend's significant other without a very good reason. So yeah, how to bring up relationship history in a chill way, i.e. what didn't work for them last time. It's so funny because like we're always trying to be tag. We're always trying to be that easygoing girl. And like we don't have to always be. I think that it's really hot and interested to be like, So like, tell me about your last relationship. Like, what didn't you like? What did you like? Why did you guys break up? Like, was it something that was like a common issue that kept coming up in your relationship? Like being interested instead of trying to be interesting is such a good quality in a relationship. And like, I know for a fact that if my partner and he did ask me all these questions about my my relationship history, I'd be like, oh, He's interested in a relationship with me. He's interested in me. So I don't think that there's really a way to do it in a chill way. Like, hey, I passed the chips. So like, what was your ex like? Like, I don't think that there's like this chill way of asking, you know, what their relationship history is. But I don't think this needs to be chill. I don't think it needs to be like, okay, please sit down. Now it is time to find out what happened with your ex and like the music from Who Wants to Be a Millionaire. I don't think that that needs to happen either. I think it's just like you're at dinner and you're like, can I ask you? Like, I'm curious, like, what was it that made you want to break up with Janice? Like, you know, I feel like we haven't really gotten into it. And like, maybe if you're not comfortable, we don't have to. But like, I'm curious, like, I want to know, you know, what wasn't working. I think I asked my my fiance on his on our first date why him and his ex didn't work. And he asked me that too neither of us were like, oh my God, I can't believe they're asking. Like that's a normal part of dating someone. And if you don't talk about that stuff at all, that's a red flag. Hugely, hugely. How to deal with new job anxiety. Well, I don't deal with this well, which is why I work for myself. I literally used to think I was getting fired from every job on my first day. Like I was like, oh, I'm getting fired. Like they know that like I'm not qualified for this job. I'm getting fired. And it's really hard. But what you have to remember is that you were hired for a goddamn reason. Like you are qualified for this job and no one's going to be your best friend on the first day. It'll take some time to make friends in the company and you do have to prove yourself. But try not to have imposter syndrome because like you are worthy of this job. Otherwise, you wouldn't have gotten it. Do you know how many people don't get hired? Like you got hired, you made it this far and now you just have to like work like you you better work bitch but like seriously like stay late in the first few nights of work like i remember i did that like the one job that like i had for a long time i the first two weeks was like the the last person there every night and like it wasn't because i like loved the job that much it was because i wanted to prove to them that they made a good decision in hiring me and then when i wanted to ask for a raise in like 6 months they would be like, yeah, this this bitch is getting a raise. Like she's been here every night, like taking the trash out after she does a full day of work. So I think just like putting in that effort in addition to knowing that you're there for a reason is great. 
always asking questions, like not being afraid to be like, oh, is there anything I can help with? Or I didn't understand what you asked for and I don't want to give you the wrong thing. Can you please like elaborate a little bit? You know, over communicating at work is so much better than under communicating at work. And I'm telling you this for a fact because I was fired for under communicating. What to do at the three month dating mark when they haven't asked to be official? Do you fade fully? Question mark. This, this is tough. It really is. But I think if it were me, I would either fade or just like get so distant that they'd be like, what's wrong? And then I'd be like, well, which isn't, isn't good behavior. In an ideal situation, in an ideal world, in this situation, I would just be like, hey, like, I just want you to know, like, I've used I statements. I've been enjoying getting to know you. You know, I'm really enjoying like hanging out. I just feel like this has not like progressed in the way that it usually does around the three month dating mark. And like, even though I really like you, I need more clarity around it. So since I'm not getting that clarity, I think that's saying like, that's speaking volumes. And then if they want to fight for you, they'll be like, oh my God, what do you mean? Like, I thought like I was going to ask you to be my girlfriend tomorrow. And then you're like, okay, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah sick. Or they're like, yeah, like I I totally get it. And like, I just like, I don't think I'm in a place to be in a relationship right now. And then you run, you run far. How do you and your partner proactively work on your relationship? Great question. I mean, therapy, me being an individual therapy is amazing for our relationship because I'm the crazy one. No, I'm just kidding. We both have our moments, but I think I really do learn a lot from therapy and from, you know, a professional who teaches me how to communicate. And then I think also interviewing people who give really good relationship advice, like that helps me a lot. I always talk about how Mark Groves said that like, that you need to set your partner up to win, you know, and that stuck with me for a long time. And so like, even when I'm just like feeling blah or like not wanting to do something partnery, like I'll do it because I know that it means something to him. And we talk about this on an upcoming relationship with a couples therapist. So stay tuned. What is the newest rule I've added to the list and why? Great question. I don't usually add rules to the list, but I guess I'll say that if I had to add a rule to the list, it would be a more recent one would be like, don't go to a second location, like after a date, like when they're like, do you want to get more drinks at that pub? Like don't because you are busy and you don't need to do that. Like you had a date, they don't deserve a second location. And I think, let me, let me get back to you about the newest rule because I have to think about that. Okay, I'm back and I just thought of the newest rule. No commenting on their Instas until official. Like they don't deserve any sort of hype. They don't deserve it from you. But then once official, don't comment like all the time either, you know, like sparingly. They should be like honored when you comment. I know this sounds stupid, but like it sounds like it would work, you know. When you feel insecure, do you turn to your fiance for validation or do you look inward? Great question. Sometimes, so I have turned to my fiance for validation before and ultimately it doesn't validate me. And that's not because he's not a wonderful partner who will tell me I look beautiful when I look like shit because he will. 
but it's because validation, true validation comes from within. Like if I am feeling like a slob, if I am feeling unproductive, is my fiance going to tell me that I'm amazing and I'm so productive? No, I'm going to get my ass up and be productive. I'm going to move my body myself. And then the validation is going to come from me actually putting in the work. And, you know, this translates to a lot of things. Like I, and I think a lot of women are similar, at least I see on TikTok videos. Like I'm always like, I feel like shit. I want to eat healthy. And then I go to like, like literally tonight I went to a steakhouse and, or last night rather. And I got the side of mac and cheese, the cream spinach, the mashed potatoes, the steak. And I had had chicken fingers for lunch. And it was just like too indulgent, like just too indulgent. And like feeling a little gross, you know? But if I turn to my fiance and I'm like, am I gross? Like, and he's like, no, baby, you're amazing. Like, would that make me feel better? No. What would make me feel better is like balance. So like today being more healthy. And that actually leads me to something else that I wanted to tell you about, which was, you know, during this wedding dress shopping process, like I have no time to actually like eat healthy. And that's why I'm like, you know, I'll stop at a diner and I'll get like a chicken fingers and whatever it is. And like, don't get me wrong. I love my chicken fingers, but it just doesn't make me feel good. And again, like that validation has to come from inside. So I ordered like a new haul of daily harvest smoothies because they're all built on organic fruits and vegetables. And like, it's really hard for me to eat vegetables because I just don't think that they're good. But when they're in a smoothie, all of a sudden they're candy. Like it's like this magic. The daily harvest smoothies are bomb. Like I love their mango and papaya They've got a chocolate and blueberry and acai and cherry. And it's like the perfect on-the-go snack or healthy dessert. I just recently ordered this like amazing cup on Amazon that can hold smoothies really well. So it's perfect for on-the-go. And Daily Harvest is all about preserving and protecting the earth for current and future generations to come. Love that message. They've got recyclable and compostable packaging and they invest in organic farming practices and reducing food waste. So basically, we're all leaving the earth a better place than we found it when we're eating Daily Harvest smoothies, you know? I'm telling you, it's so delicious and they're ready in minutes. Like don't leave yourself in a place where you don't have a backup smoothie in your bag from Daily Harvest. Enjoy this time of year like I do with Daily Harvest. Go to dailyharvest.com and enter code ACME and you'll get $25 off your first box. That's code ACME for $25 off your first box at dailyharvest.com. If you're not a smoothie person, don't knock it till you try it. I'm telling you, you will get hooked. And you don't even need like a fancy blender to have a daily harvest smoothie because they are really easy. You just, I mean, they're ready, basically made, you know? So definitely check it out. Go to dailyharvest.com and you can enter code ACME and you'll get $25 off your first box. Get all the smoothies. They've also got flatbreads and like bowls and healthy desserts. They've got ice cream with like this amazing fresh fruit in it. It's delicious. So definitely don't miss out and check it out. Do you consider oral as part of the no sex rule when first dating someone? 
Absolutely. I've mentioned this before. I think oral is literally more intimate than sex. Like your mouth is on someone's genitals. So yes, I do consider it to be part of the no sex rule. I don't even think oral should happen until after sex, but that's just me. Like that's just my thing. I feel like that's earned, you know, like only boyfriends get oral. What traits about your fiance are things that you didn't initially want in a partner? Ooh, that's good. That's really good. I, I'm, You're going to hate this answer, but like none. I almost like didn't think about his... I don't know. Maybe the one thing is like, I didn't know that I wanted someone who was really close to their family because I was like, wouldn't it be so cool if they weren't close with their family and then like we could only spend time with mine. But that was because everyone I dated didn't have like a phenomenal family. I think because his family is so like such rock stars and I love them so much, I am so grateful that he's close with them. But I think he made me change that I wanted that in a partner. Whereas before I was like, no, I want it to only be about my family. I don't want their family to you know, matter. But now I'm really happy that his do because they're great. I also, um, I don't know, I guess something that I haven't really experienced before that I experienced with my partner, maybe once before I had, but he's such a good friend to his friends. And I think in the past I'd be like, oh, he should like prioritize me over his friends. But I don't think that that's... oh, and, and by the way, he does. But I think that he also like needs to make time to hang out with his friends. And I think there were some partners of mine who like didn't care enough to even like hang out with their friends. And like, it's not that I was turned on by that, but I was like, oh, that's cool. Like he'll do whatever I want. But like, that's not sustainable long-term. Like you want someone who has friends and has their own life and like wants to hang out with their friends without you. Because I want that too, you know? So that would have been weird. I'm going to tell you about Squid Game because a lot of you had, we'll, we'll wrap up with Squid Game, but I'm just going to answer one more question. Before that, someone asked how I find the motivation to work out. So I don't work out every day. In an ideal world, I work out six days a week and I work out in the morning so that I like can bring it into my day instead of like bringing my day into a workout, being so tired and having no energy. And I'm telling you, like I've said this so many times, but I am promising you that working out, at least for women, is all about what you're wearing. Like, I'm not kidding. I drape myself head to toe in Girlfriend Collective. And whether it's like shorts and one of their sports bras or their like unitards, which I'm obsessed with right now. Like I'm so happy that the 90s or is it the 70s are back when it comes to that. Maybe it's the 50s, honestly. I feel like they wore unitards and like Marvelous Maisel. But I am telling you that Girlfriend Collective has so many cute clothes for all different shapes and sizes that you're going to be like, running out of bed in the morning to work out because you want to show off your stuff. And that's why I take photos of myself in my workout outfits because it motivates me. Like I'm like, ooh, like this is amazing. Like I love this outfit. I think I like my workout outfits better than I like my normal clothes. And like that's why you need to buy something that you love. Girlfriend Collective is sustainable and ethically made activewear for everyone. So like 
again, as I mentioned, cute and comfortable sports bras, leggings, shorts, tanks, t-shirts, they even make swimsuits. Like what? They have extra, extra small to 6XL. Like they have everything for everyone. And they're not one of those companies that like only shows like really skinny models on the website, which I love that about them. They show all kinds of people, like everything. It's just the collective, you know? It's all your girlfriends together. And their best-selling leggings are the squat-proof ones, which come with pockets and they have different levels of support. So like either compression or comfort, tons of colors, like basics and and bright colors. I kind of love working out in bright colors, especially in the winter because it's so like sad. But like, I also like working out in all black when I'm just like not feeling myself, you know? And Girlfriend uses recycled materials to make their clothing. And their shipping is 100% recyclable too. So join the collective today. And for listeners of the show, Girlfriend Collective offers 25% off your purchase of $100 or more when you go to girlfriend.com slash Acme. That's $25 off your $100 purchase or more when you go to girlfriend.com slash Acme. Girlfriend.com slash Acme. Get it, girlfriend. And last but not least, Squid Games. So please stop listening if you haven't watched Squid Games. If you have, hello. We finished Squid Games. I'm obsessed. I want to be it for Halloween, but everyone's going to be it for Halloween. So I need to go back to the books on the Halloween costume thing. I think we might be a couple from Love Island. Anyway... Someone said, Squid Game discussion, want to hear what your predictions were. My prediction, obviously, I didn't know it was going to be the old man. Like, who would know that? Like, that was the worst ending and the dumbest twist. What I did say, though, is that I knew from, like, the first second that, like, you could know that the guy in charge was the FBI guy's brother. Like, I just knew it because he was like, where's my brother? And he was like, he's not here. And then he was like, is he dead? And I was like, obviously, he's the guy in charge. Like, duh. And I was right. And that was what my fiance didn't want to hear. He didn't want to hear my prediction because he knew I was right because he was jealous of my predicting skills. Anyway, that's what I predicted. I didn't really predict anything else. Oh, fuck. I just fucked up my nail. This is why I need to get gel all the time. Anyway, I didn't really... Really? I didn't really predict anything else. Um, but that's what I predicted. And um, yeah. Anyway, I'm going to end with a quote or piece of advice because I usually do that. And I heard this recently and I really loved it. But basically, you can't have... If you're in a relationship, you can't both have a bad day on the same day. So you can, right? But one person has to be supportive of the other. Like you can't be like two negative Nancys. So like you can't both lose on the same day. Like one of you has to like pretend, you know where I'm going with this. Anyway, thank you guys for listening. This ended up being longer than I anticipated. So I hope that you enjoyed it. And I hope that you're having a beautiful Sunday or Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. And I love you very much. 